Hello, church. Welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. This is Ben Shaw, your Director of Modern Worship and Media. And this week's sermon is brought to you by Reverend Drew Shelley, our senior pastor. And it is titled, Gentle Mary Preaches a Christmas Sermon. This is from our third week in Advent. The scripture that he references is Luke 1, verses 46 through 55. We appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. We would also love for you to join us this coming Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for Modern Worship or 10.30 a.m. for Traditional Worship. Both of those services are offered virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube, or in person. Head on over to fumcm.org for more information about our safety protocols if you choose to join us in person. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry here with us at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. On this third Sunday of Advent, our gospel reading is from Luke's gospel, chapter 1, the 39th through the 55th verses. Let's pray together before we hear these ancient words. O God, we give you thanks for the beauty of this moment, for your presence with us in worship wherever we are. We're grateful that you bind us together in and through your Holy Spirit, even in these strange times, that in some ways we are experiencing a closeness with you and with one another, our church family, that we haven't experienced before. It's a different kind of a closeness, but you, Jesus, are at the center of it, and we're grateful for that. Bind us together now around your words as we listen to what Mary said and to what it means for us today. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus, and we say together, amen. Let us hear the word of God. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham 
and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. Here we have young Mary, 13, 14, 15 years old, leaving home on foot to go see her much older cousin, Elizabeth. A hundred miles is five days on foot, maybe three if she hitched a ride. So dangerous, and she was so vulnerable at that age. She arrives to the home of the preacher, Zechariah and the preacher's wife, Elizabeth. You have to wonder what she's thinking as she walks up to the front door. Will they be able to tell that I'm pregnant? They know I'm not married yet. They're not going to like that. I'll have to tell them all about it. Will they let me stay? Will they lecture me? Will they judge me? Will they believe my story? What a gift when people receive us just as we are without criticism or judgment or complaint. We all hunger with Mary for that kind of radical acceptance. There is an immediate release. It lets us know we are safe and loved, that we are home. What would it be like if we all greeted each other in that way, treated each other in that way? It's Mary's greatest hope in these anxious moments. Mary shouts and anxious, hello, anybody home? Back through the house, Elizabeth and Zachariah come from the back. They've been turning Zechariah's man cave into a nursery for little John, painting locusts and honeybees on the wall under his name. You know how to do that. They're going to be older parents, much older parents, so they have to get everything ready ahead of time. They see Mary standing in the door. Elizabeth can't even talk for baby John kicking with his first prophecy. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why has this happened that the mother of our Lord has come to me? Jesus isn't even born yet, and already somebody knows he is the Lord of heaven and earth. And blessed is she who believed what the Lord said to her. No judgment in Elizabeth's house. We do wonder where old Zechariah is. You know, he was struck mute because he didn't believe that his wife could have a baby. We don't hear from him. He has to be there. I guess he's laid off from work. He can't work if he can't talk. He's been on unemployment for three months now. Has to call in every week and let them know that he's been looking for work. You know how that works. You get $120 a week trying to feed your family and keep up your mortgage on that. Nobody will hire a mute preacher like Zechariah. Now he's got two pregnant women to feed for three months. No wonder we don't hear from him. Luke can't write the words that he's thinking in the Bible. Mary just takes it all in. Then she joins her voice to a thousand-year-old song that Samuel's mama, King David's granny Hannah, sung first. Same song, new verse. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Oh, to know in our hearts joy in God our Savior, to magnify the Lord with our lips and with our lives, to know that closeness. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant, Mary says, surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Mary, you are a peasant nobody from Nazareth, and you think all generations will call you blessed? Yes, we do. We still do. God has chosen well from the lowly. Mary keeps singing. Holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. What a promise. What a gift to the world spoken by this 
peasant nobody from Nazareth, a child of oppression and poverty, uh, the worthless, uncounted subject of a tyrannical empire which wears a mask of goodness to hide a heart of selfishness and stone. Holy is God's name, not the emperor's. And then Mary unfurls the banner of God's hope for all of humanity. God has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Mary sings her song like it's already happened. Don't you know Elizabeth said, Mary, maybe someday, but, but not yet. Don't say all of that. You'll get in trouble. Mary says, no, that day is now. Mary is pregnant with hope. And hope is love stretching itself into the future. Nothing can stop it. But it is dangerous. Did you know that the oppressive regimes of Nicaragua, Argentina, and even the British in India banned the public display or singing of Mary's song. They were afraid of its power in the hands of the poor and oppressed. The song bears within it a revolution which has always threatened the current state of affairs, whatever they have been throughout history. In 2020, we wonder where we fit into the song. The truth is, I'm pretty sure we are the rich. If your family of two to four makes $50,000 or more a year in the United States, why, you have more purchasing power than 90% of the world's population. We're right up there with Bill Gates and Mr. Buffett, and we didn't even know it. Can you feel that? Can you feel it? Probably not. Most of us have two or three cars and at least one car payment, a house payment, child care payment, tax payment, and way too much month at the end of the money. Still, across the global spectrum, we are not the poor, oppressed, or hungry. I think of a Roman Catholic nun who moved from a convent in Africa to one near Chicago. It was in a rundown, lower-class neighborhood outside of the city. The sisters took daily walks together, and our African friend was amazed at the 1,800-square-foot palaces that people lived in. Mostly, they were just rundown rentals, but she didn't know. She was astounded at indoor plumbing and consistent electricity. She marveled at the concept of garages for cars. The other sisters overheard her explaining it all to her mama on a very long-distance phone call one afternoon. You'll never believe, mama, even their automobiles have houses. But sometimes the car house is so full that the automobiles have to live outside. She may have been in my neighborhood. We are not. We are not the poor and oppressed. I'd much rather hear Mary's song as the lowly who have been lifted up and the hungry who have been filled with good things. I am deeply unsettled at the idea of being sent away empty of my richness, even if it is love stretching itself into the future. Mary's song is dangerous for me, revolutionary even. But if we're not careful, we miss the most important and scandalous part of the whole thing, God's hope for a humanity joined together in love becomes real in the tender vulnerability of a child born into abject poverty. 
a poor child who will grow into a poor man who will call for all of us to do better, who will forgive our sins, who will heal our sickness, cast out our demons, live among the least of these, and ultimately die a death meant for you and for me. A poor man killed on a cross who will be raised from the dead by the power of God so that our greatest enemies, sin, selfishness, and death, no longer get to have power over us. You see, in Mary's song, the lowly and oppressed are lifted up and the rich and powerful are brought down so that we may all share life together in the heart of God. That's the place where we can learn to see each other as people of infinite and sacred worth. Can you see how God's vision will change the world? The rich and powerful and proud must let go of our security blankets of money and personal achievement, and we must trust God alone for our sense of self-worth. The scriptures say we must turn away from our oppressive ways, even the ones we don't see, and ask forgiveness from God and from all whom we have wronged, we, the rich and powerful, have a lot to lose. And we had better turn loose of it so that we can actually hear the cry of our sisters and brothers in need and join hands with them and with God, wherever they are. The poor and oppressed must also trust God alone for their sense of self-worth. They have a lot to gain. We have a lot to teach each other. Everybody must acknowledge their own brokenness and sin and contribution to this mess that we see all around us. Mary's song invites us into a delicate dance that only God can lead. Hearts must be tender and ears must be open. Humility must rule the day. But my goodness, what can happen when we seek to follow Jesus on this journey when we live into Mary's song, life for all suddenly becomes real, abundant, and overflowing. That's more than we ever had when we thought we had it all. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Can you see how God's vision will change the world? It already has. Mary said so. The only thing keeping it from reality are Christians who forget to live it every day. Not so with you, not so with me. With the help of Jesus, who is love, stretching itself into the future for all of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may the people of God say, Amen.